the Toad Hop Network Studios. In Hollywood, this, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. A place of our own without a lot of parents bearing down our backs. Radio worth watching. In a world where bigger is better, one man has stood apart from the rest. They say it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. We'll let you decide. This is the Lexington Steel Live Show, hosted by the legendary Lex Steel and Thomas Ward, the voice of reason. Whatever you do, do it big, because in this world, size matters. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Lexington Steel. And it is the, once again, a wonderful Wednesday night here in Southern California, sunny Southern California, T-Ward. How you if, doing? If you say so. <laughs> what do you mean if I say hot so? Hot as fuck. No doubt, no doubt. It's about 85, 88 today. That's cool for L.A. I mean, you know? You want, you want to be in the 80s in, uh, what, what is this, almost July? That's right. So we on, I want to know, what the hell did you give me a water for? When you had me something clear, it should be vodka. Oh, uh, T Ward. You know I what? Have to do another show sober. Vodka. You know what, T Ward? You, you know what? Something some, clear. It's vodka. If someone it told I'm me that you were the Black Russian. They didn't lie, huh? I am Evidently. the Black Russian. <laughs> Evidently. It's not even vodka. It's vodka. <laughs> I like that accent. <laughs> you I understand? Ever been, you ever been there? Huh? You don't strike me as a cold weather person, T Ward. I'm, I'm from Detroit, man. I'm, I'm not ever living in a cold climate again in my life. That's, ever. That's right, Detroit. I love you, Detroit, but I'm not ever living there. Ah, uh, no, nah, no, nah, no fronting on Detroit. No, I'm not fronting. It's you know what I'm saying? The cold. real brick city. It's colder than Russia. I, I don't know. It's about Russian that. cold in that bitch. I, I I don't know about that. As a matter of fact, I haven't heard it's that cold over there. It's pretty cold. You but know anyway, what I'm saying? Well, look tonight. We live in L.A. We got it's a really beautiful. special show tonight. As a matter Television of fact, television fanatic is. You know what we're doing? As a matter of fact, what we're doing tonight? We have two guests here. We have Anthony L. Smith, author. Life counselor, public speaker, author of the book, Life Intentional, Live in Fullness Every Single Day, a book I've read and consumed in merely 72 hours once I got started. Ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't put it down. And without hesitation, please give us a call at 323-622-8623. And T. Ward, I got to tell you something. I have a wonderful and beautiful woman here as our other guests as well. We have Miss Maisa James. Welcome she is a marriage life. And family counselor is going to give us some uh, really good advice. Certainly enough, as well as teach us how not to be Neanderthals. And well, we'll get to that. But as well as she's also currently uh, studying for her doctorate in clinical psychology. So we like to welcome both our guests tonight. How are you guys doing? Doing very well, thank you. <sighs> oh yeah, a, a sound effect for a crowd. <sighs> give us some sound effects, Johnny. Fuck, <laughs> it was a crowd. Something. Then the, scri- the, the crowd effects. goes wild. Well, we well, I would like to welcome you both to the show, Beauty and Brains, and uh, couldn't have hung out with this brother when they was looking for Dorner, man. I, I wouldn't have hung out with you when they was looking for Christopher Dorner. I wouldn't hang out with you. I bet you didn't even go outside. You probably looked at the mirror and was like, I am not going outside. Because <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have been all. hanging out with you that day. I'd be like, brother, uh-uh, man, I ain't going with you. I'm looking store. for them to make the movie, man, so <laughs> I can star in it, bro. There you go. So we guys are talking about the, the police officer. Christopher Dorner. Was, he, was, uh, he had the manifesto, and then he had this whole thing with the LAPD. And yesterday, it came out that uh, it was justifiable to fire him, and you had a couple incidents with the LAPD and some people shooting at the LAPD, which is this pretty was damn crazy. Yesterday? This was yesterday. You didn't hear about it? Two officers hmm. over in uh, Venice Division 
they were fired on. And then uh, over on like 117th, another officer was like shot when they were pursuing the oh, suspect. Oh, yeah, and they or, had the 105 yeah, shut right, down. Right, yeah, 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 right, yeah, right, right. So, yeah, man, I mean. Hey brother, I'm glad they got. I'm not glad. I'm not. I'm not glad they got him, but I'm glad that it's over because you probably still couldn't come out the house. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 it can be said that we all look alike, but we, you know, but we actually. Now nah, this don't. brother look like Dorner for real. Like, <laughs> so I saw the picture. Of him, I said, "Damn!" I'm like, "Oh man, I was." Like, yeah, well, damn, brother, shot. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, you damn, right. got shot. You don't know it yet. Oh know? man, I could tell you some stories about that man. No doubt. Wow. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, me and Anthony could probably be almost mistaken for brothers. Sure. I'm a little bit older than Anthony, but we, Anthony could be my, my younger brother. You know, so, uh, but of course, I'm rocking the uh, the, the little facial hair. I don't Anthony see goes it. His hair I back. don't see it. I see it. I mean, I you know, there is some resemblance there. You know, well, you know, T. T were, you know, good-looking men, unlike yourself. I mean, we can definitely associate. Yeah, I'm an ugly motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start it. Let's start right you there. You know, man. We're going to get a crack at right, the right, 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 It's all right. Now, look, today's subject matter is really simple. We're not going to, we're not talking triple X, T. We're not talking porn. Tonight, we're actually. Even though I have the butt man shirt on. Oh, you know what? Butt man, evil angel. Um, keys to life enhancement and growth, growth through reinvention and transition. That's what I want to talk about tonight, specifically uh, because we have Anthony here who has written a book about, you know, not only um, involving elements of necessary um, transition uh, for growth in one's life, but we also have Maisha who can also speak to us on how these changes um, can affect our household and what changes may be necessary within one's marriage or lifestyle to affect uh, progressive and positive vertical mobility, T. War, you know about that? Uh, yeah, I had a pretty good vertical in high school. I was, uh, I was able to dunk. <laughs> I could dunk a little bit, catch a tip dunk every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, man, I know what a vertical is. Vertical, whatever that thing you just said. No, no, you it's know got what? Something to do with moving up, moving like, like, like moving on up, yeah. moving on up to. Oh, I, I didn't tell him. To do I digress. That. <laughs> he did that on his own. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But uh, Andy, now you're currently in talks uh, with several people in regards to um, appearing on nationally televised shows in regards to your book. Can you tell us a little bit about um, Life Intentional, just to set us off here? Not a problem. Life Intentional, L-I-F-E, stands for Living in Fullness Every Day. The book is a self-improvement book that, I, that was actually written in three parts, Lex. The idea is to encourage people to live the life that we have all been designed to live. Whatever your purpose may be, whatever you may think your purpose is, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. We want to identify that. We also want to spell out your particular whys for why you want to accomplish a particular goal. Identify the intentions behind these goals and how that the rest of the world will benefit from your dreams or your goals coming into fruition. And so I decided that I wanted to look back over several incidents in my life and to draw attention to them and what I've learned from them. And I identified 21 truth precepts in the book. I tell the story of how these precepts or these axioms and these, these, this, these premise, these precepts came about and how you can apply them to your life in order to live in fullness, maximizing your dreams and your goals and accomplishing whatever these, your purpose may be in life. Now, well, oh, go ahead. well, no, I was about to say, now, Anthony, you you wear you're a man of many hats. Now, I, I also understand that you're also a talk show host in and of your own right, um, and and your wife's an author as well, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, now, you know, one of the things I want to ask Maisha in particular with this, uh, in terms of getting us all 
you know, on the same plane. Maisha, what is your specialty in, ter- in regards to, yeah, I understand you're studying to be a clinical, uh, for your doctorate in clinical psychology. What, w- what do you plan f- to be your particular distinction? Well, uh, clinical psychology basically is just theories and practices, and it's separate from getting a PhD. Um, PhD is all research and testing. That has to do more with testing um, some of the, 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 the thought processes behind some of the diagnoses that we often come up when we service in our clients. But my practice, which I plan to have, is actually sex therapy. Okay. So I know this is like a adult talk show. Oh, no, no, no. Is, it, when um, we say adult, it's not necessarily triple X. We're all adults here, and so, that's what makes it adult. And, and it's just an advancement and expansion of family um, therapy because I've identified um, two things that are crucial in a relationship besides communication, um, money, and sex. Here, here. And if we can kind of work on the intimacy level, and that's a big thing, and it, it imp- impacts a lot of relationships, then maybe we can keep the family unit together. In addition, I know there, there are other problems that occur, but ultimately that's what my specialty will be. Because if you ain't got no money, you ain't getting no sex. Exactly. <laughs> Let's start right there. Let's go on. Exactly. Well, I mean, on some level, you know, where, whether it's, you know, you're taking somebody out or you're courting or you just, you know, well, you want you to know, spend some time with somebody. It's, it's hard to spend some time with somebody. exchange, no robbery. Right, exactly. Well, as, as, the, exactly. as the late Tony Montana would say, first you get the money. <laughs> then you get the power. Like, like, I, like, I thought he said, I thought he said, first say you, goodbye to the bad guy. Okay, what's he? First, your last bad guy like that's what you're going to say. But first you get okay. the money, then you say that. First you get the money, then you get the power. Your accent is better than mine, T-Ward. But that's not my favorite part of me. <laughs> my favorite part of me. You do your favorite part, I do my favorite part. You know what I'm saying? Manolo and the joints. Now, no doubt. Now, Tony, uh... You know, Anthony, is it okay? Yeah. Tony, Anthony? Sure. Oh, your, uh, your, your, uh, what do you call it? Um, your, your book and what you do is really, really interesting because, you know, we were over at the other station. We yes. were at the other place. Right. And I had a chance to check out a couple of your shows, and they are very enlightening. I just want to know your theories or every your, your precepts, are they based on anything other than just your experiences? I mean, like, uh, maybe is it like a, like a moral code. You know, that's that you a very good question. Um, the the book there the, there are, is multifaceted. Right. Okay, I like to deal with all three components of who we are as a being. I know we are scientifically referred to as human beings, but I like to look at us as a spiritual being who's having a natural experience that we refer to as life. There is the spirit person, there's the natural person, and then there's the there's your own individual personality. You know, some of us uh, have been raised in the church, and so a lot of us may refer back to our biblical uh, upbringing. Exactly. That's a part of who you may be. So you'll, you'll find some references to biblical, 
to the Bible or not necessarily from a religious standpoint, right. but more from a spirituality standpoint. Correct. But that is my background. I mean, right. I was born and raised in exactly. the church. Most of us were. And then I also have this comedic side of me. I also have my own personality and, and where, where you may find a lot of profanity throughout the book. Well, now, because now, I'm not to cut you off time, but you've also yeah. performed as a stand-up comedian as exactly. well. Exactly. So doing comedy, um, and, and then there's the, the business side of me, what I've learned in college, what I've learned through owning a mortgage company, a real estate investment company, uh, my experience as an insurance broker, et cetera. So those, I wanted to bring all three components into the book so that everybody could get something from it. No matter what your experience may be, whether it's Lexington Steel, I also have pastors, I have uh, atheists and agnostics that are clients of mine, that are readers of mine, and they're all getting something from the book. I just want to let you know I got the jokes on this show, so you let me handle the jokes. <laughs> but, okay, now another thing, I don't mean to cut you off, Lex. Now, I think it's a real interesting dynamic that we have both you guys here because yes. you're talking about uh, people reaching out for their goals. And, yes. And then you're talking about the relationship aspect. Now, you can have a situation where, say, a man, for instance, is he's going for the goals, he's going for the gusto, and then he, and the woman is like, Killing him. Yes. And then she's In not which way? I mean, as far as not supporting him. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So so you as an expert, Maisha, how would you address that issue? There's a there's a man, he's he's going for it, he, he read Anthony's book, he's trying to do it, but his woman is not cooperating. I mean, it's not that I don't she's just not connecting to what he's doing. What advice would you have for her? to let that relationship flourish or that man or or even if it's the other way around if it was a, if it was a woman who was going for a lofty goal and her man wasn't as supportive because I know a situation with that as well. Well, I like to come from a psychoanalytic perspective and psychoanalytic is going back to the earliest stages of childhood. And a lot of things occurred in the earliest stages of childhood and whenever you have not mastered different levels in your life, you'll find yourself as an individual going back. So you have two different individuals coming from two totally different backgrounds. How do you bridge those people together? And what I like to do is geneograms in which I help um, my clients to identify some of the values um, that were trans, uh, transferred generationally right. down um, to kind of help them to see where things are kind of off a little bit, right. the conflict. Um, You're going to have a lot of work from black people. Cause we well, got well, well, not, just, not just in particular, just, not, in, just yeah. not even in, you know, in right. our culture. Right. I mean, culture, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of conflicts because we often want to put ourselves and our opinions onto someone else, and we right. want them to adapt to, that. to us okay, you know instead what? of coming together. Now, going the direction we're going, you know, I, I, there were several things I'd like to bring up. I mean, talking about family and, and, and is there, uh, albeit a fracture within the American family, albeit the nuclear family as it was known. That's, that's there's no such thing as that nuclear family right. anymore. anymore. It does not exist. Okay. It hasn't existed for several years. And today, um, with the uh, equalization of marriage, proves that 
that it doesn't well, now, exist. Is there, a, is there a redefinition of the nuclear family as we have known it? There's no definition. You cannot. You can look family up in a dictionary, and you're not going to get a hard, concrete definition of what family is. Family is what you identify a family unit and structure to be. Um, there may be uh, a man and, a, and, and his wife, uh, two men, uh, two women. There may be a single parent um, with the assistance of her mother. So there's really, it's, it's left up to the individual on their perception of what family is. And family is really, you know, your support system. Exactly. In other words, I believe what, uh, just to piggyback off what Maisha is saying, is that the family structure is based upon who we associate with. If you look at the definition of rapport, for instance, it basically, in a nutshell, states that people like to associate with individuals that are either like themselves or whom they would like to be like. And so we could, we could dub our family, if you look at, say, gang members, for instance. Well, if they don't feel that they're getting a connection, or they're meeting their six basic human needs, you know, certainty, uncertainty, significance, love, security. you know, like security, um, you know, feeling like they're, you know, giving back or, or, or they're receiving some type of spiritual connection, then we don't, we may be biologically related, but we're not emotionally or psychologically related. My background as a mortgage banker and, and, and as a salesperson, pretty much, I've learned that 95% of all sales are based upon emotions, and 5% is based upon facts. And we could prove that the reason why this country is in so much debt and why everybody else is, we like to buy based upon emotions. Right, and that's exactly. how we connect with other people, is, 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 is how do we relate emotionally. And that's, I believe, what what Maisha is saying as far as the family structure is. Yeah, right. Yeah, at this point, uh, your family is whoever raised your ass until you turned 18. <laughs> Just roll well, with that. Yeah, Just, what if you were raised within, within the system? I mean, there's a number of, uh, yeah, of youth that may be right, raised sure. within the right, system, exactly. and, of course, they want to jettison that system, and then, of course, they are without family, if you will. This is very well, no, they, they identify those individuals that provided their basic needs, yes. going back to what Anthony stated, um, as their family. Although they're not their biological family, mm -hmm. that's the family that has um, helped them to get their basic needs done. Exactly. Food, so to answer what, what Thomas is saying, the question about how do we get a couple to support one another when someone has a particular dream that may be over here and the other person doesn't. Exactly. What I have found and what I've even written about in my book because I've had that experience is that when a person's purpose or goal is fully defined, all of creation, both seen and unseen, will come together to ensure the manifestation of this dream and this goal. What we have to do is to, is to create some type of a level that everybody could agree on. So what I've learned in my current relationship is to say, okay, sweetie, here's what I want to accomplish. How can she benefit from this particular dream? How can my children benefit as well if, they, if we all come together to work on this goal. Because if this wife does not feel that she's gaining anything, not just not necessarily financially, the money is going to come. What she's looking for is a way to connect. So I've written blogs about this on my website, lifeintentional.net. 
I've written where if this if, if the wife says, okay, I could spend some quality time, for instance, with my spouse. If you're working on building this brand, you're working on uh, uh, expanding your talk show. Well, how could his wife or his significant other benefit from this? Well, sweetie, we don't have to. You go to the show and I stay at home. Maybe I could come in and I could work with the uh, 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 background. I could maybe help write some questions or something. It's a way to now, Maisha. Well, see, that's that's a typical healthy, real, well-rounded individual. Right. So that's so. So how? What happens when it breeds insecurities, Maisha? Exactly, and that's. And that's something that you can't. You, right. You, that individual has to take a look within themselves. Well, then now uh, that's what and we're so talking about. So they have to get a fulfillment within themselves right. and know that they are rightfully um, uh, should be able to access whatever it is that sure. you know have some type of ownership over that. But you have to have ownership over your feelings and where you're at when you are torn down emotionally. And that's what I said going back to the psychoanalytic as a child. If certain things are not done as a child as far as helping with attachment and a trust and a mistrust, and I'm sure you've heard about this, Mm -hmm. then that's going to impact your relationship. So no matter what you do to make me feel like I'm wanted or a part of, if I don't feel that within myself, there's still going to be conflict. And and, and, And I was lucky. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So you have to really dig deep in. That, that individual has to dig deep in to see and get that But if they're not in. willing, though, then what? I mean, well, is that where you come in to, to ask the person to really look inside themselves? Because my ex-wife, I was lucky, the bitch had ghetto Tourette's. So she would just say crazy shit, and I would know she was crazy. She would say okay. something. You know, she would be like, you care more about your career than you care about me. And I'd be like, yeah, but, I mean, you don't have to say it out loud like that. You know, I... Well, okay, so, you know what? One of the things I want to make sure that we do and she not a get around to, <laughs> talk. To, to, you know, not to change the subject Sub-bash here, but I think we do need to move move the subject a little bit farther. And I, I want to ask you guys and pose this to both of you. Um, and one of the things that is quite pervasive throughout your book, Anthony, is the notion of spirituality. Yeah. And, Maisha, you, of course, mentioned that elements of, of what you, uh, your account, the foundation of your counseling may, is, is based on sexual relationships within a family structure, i.e. money and sex. That's a part of it. The part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let me ask the both of you, um, is it necessary for one to incorporate spirituality in their means of transition when they do not have spirituality within them. Is spirituality indeed a necessary tool to affect transition? I think if you look at it from the dynamic that I believe that you are asking, we would then equate your question to religion. And I don't think that you have to have religion and or subscribe to a particular religion. But if we look at the term that you use, spirituality, mm-hmm. we're taking we're taking the the idea of what comes along with all these religions mm-hmm. out of the equation, and we're just dealing with who is Lex, mm-hmm. who is Thomas, who right. is Maisha. When we peel back all of the layers, the comprise of the soul, if you will. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now we're just dealing with the spirit man. Right. We're dealing with the spiritual person who you really are. We're just we have our this this ego personality. We have this real. Who we who we believe we are down at our core, 
you know, when we talk about Chris Dorner, if we were to take him and, and go all the way back, if she was psychoanalyzing him, I guarantee you he would probably swear up and down that he's really a good person that he is doing a good deed. If we look at this retard snowman who's out selling all the CIA, the U.S. secrets, you know, to China and Russia. Right. Because he, he's, he got mad at Obama. Okay, he going to swear up and down that he's a good person. Obama didn't do. So now, his actions may not suggest that he's a good person, but at the core of who he is spiritually, he is. We're all good people. Okay, well, you know core. what? You know what? There's something that, um, as a matter of fact, Anthony, in terms of your eighth precept, and this is something I wanted to point out, um, you spoke of, and I mean, you may be familiar with this term as well, cognitive distortion. Yeah. And it seems that what you, what you just had spoke about, Anthony, um, in some ways describes that cognitive distortion. Mm -hmm. um, now, now, Maisha, is this something, are you familiar with the term? Okay, now, you know, do people need to have a, I don't know, a transmogrification of their whole psyche in order to grow. Did I mean, you just say transmogrification. What the fuck? Hey, man, if Asley didn't know what the hell you just said, I don't feel bad. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, it, it's a hyper change. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it goes beyond a transition. Um, Thank you. 91, <clears throat> 93, as a matter of fact. <laughs> no, but no, but all, yeah. in all seriousness, it is a case, and, and uh, now, Anthony, I, I could read from, an excerpt from your book, yeah. but I'd rather you explain a little bit about cognitive distortion as, released, as it relates to what you just spoke of. Yeah. And Misha, if you can expound as well about what is necessary to change one's mental makeup to affect change. And Johnny's going to look up transmogrification while you're doing it. <laughs> I think that the way I like to look at the term cognitive, cognitive, cognitive distortion is, a.k.a., it's the story that you're telling yourself. Or the story that you are selling yourself. Right. Is that For within the, what's known as the super personality? Is that a term that's, um, that uh, is super personality, which would be your, your, your facade, if you will, the it person that be. one Swag. meets. It, it could be your facade. It could be your ego. It could be the truth. You, what you believe is your true self, self, at the end of the day, is really the bullshit that you're selling yourself. <laughs> you know, when I was, it, as I told you before, when I came on your last show, if you'll notice, I'm down almost 50 pounds since then. And we did the show, I think, was in March? Yes. So on so April 25th. It was February because I February. was out of town. Mm -hmm. So I decided at the end of April, the beginning of May, I was tired of my weight. I was tired of the effects from having this extra weight. And so what I realized is that I was selling myself a bunch of bullshit. One of the bullshit was that, well, biologically, everybody in my family is big. You know, my grandmother big. She died as a result of complications from diabetes. I got big aunties, woo, woo, woo. And then I said, but that, that but Don't that's, we all. <laughs> that's not how I was. I wasn't created a fat motherfucker. Okay. At the end, <laughs> I was born fat. You know what I'm saying? I was seven pounds, three ounces, whatever. So what then was it that caused me to get myself out of control? It was the bullshit that I sold myself. When I decided to rewrite my story and to identify compelling reasons why I wanted to get my body back together to take control of my life, then I attracted the answers that I needed in order to lose the weight, and I lost 42 pounds in less than 60 days. Okay, and I did it by eating properly, exercising, identifying how my body was reacting. So I changed my story, and that's what I believe cognitive 
distortions are, which is what my issue is probably going to well, piggyback off. Plus, you know, mo that's great. You know, I commend you because Thank most you. people lose that much weight by smoking crack. So it's very good that you. No, I laid off the crack. That was and, uh, ten years ago. Uh, so, well, my, well, you were smoking you were the wrong say... kind of crack because uh, you were a big dude. So you was, you was exactly. your crack had protein in it. Must have been some old lady down south making your crack dog. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, well, from a therapeutic perspective, cognitive distortion is a negative thought that impacts your ability to move forward, and. It's almost, it's something similar to what Anthony described, but this distortion actually impacts everything. Um, you mean everything in one's life or in ghetto is, terms? Whatever the distortion that, that you have exactly. in your you mind. Some and kind of giving you a, a broader example of cognitive distortion is if taking it from a relationship sure. standpoint, let's say. Paula Dino thinks she a racist bitch. That's cognitive okay. distortion. <laughs> she don't think she erases ass motherfucker. I just want to see people, black people in slave outfits. What's wrong with that? My best but it, friend it actually, is black it, as this boy. It actually deals with fear, though. Cognitive distortion has right. a little fear in there. And so, like, if I had a past um, negative relationship, let's say with an African-American male, and that relationship didn't go well with me, I then, in my mind, would tell I'm telling myself, okay, all black men are bad. Now, could you have that perspective, you being a black woman and maybe dated black men before, or would that come from a all perspective of... All it takes is of... one inc uh, incident that is traumatic that can cause you to have that distortion. And so at that point, I won't date black men. But see, when you I'll, look at the term traumatic, though, that is subject to interpretation, basically. And it, it is, it, and it's so many different <laughs> forms of trauma. Sure. Okay, and so that's a whole totally different yeah. subject. But when it comes to cognitive distortion, it's, it's, it's something that is keeping you and impacting you from moving forward. And so as a therapist, what we do is we do different uh, methods as far as desensitizing them. So, like, Taking Paula, we'll put her in a room full of black men. You know if what? That was her distortion. You know what? That is something That's, that we're uh, going to talk like about. Sounds like one of Lexington Steele's movies, right there. <laughs> All Paula right, you know in the room full of black dudes, <laughs> and they said, "You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, hey, okay." You know, here's another example. Well, right, give, well, I, give us I, something I else. Give us. I don't and so know. it's like, what evidence hold on, hold on, do you wait, have wait, to wait, prove excuse that? Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't know if we're going to. Uh, carry on with, with Thomas's explanation for one of my productions. <laughs> but on that note, my ancient Anthony, we will take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, we will return to the Lexington Seal live show momentarily. Please enjoy this moment to catch your breath and join us in a few. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on toadhopnetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording you? Oh! To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall, just to find the thing you wanted, isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home and style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's breeze. Books on tape. Games galore. Everything you're looking for. Kindle. Cameras. Electronics. Baby Einstein. Hooked on phonics. Blu-ray. Movies. And TV. Download. Music. MP3. Pixar. Disney. Microphone. Pet supplies and doggy bones. World of Warcraft. Nancy Drew. Sims. The Scruff. Sishtim too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping's even free. 
What's up, everyone? Sports Guru here. Sick of looking at the same old boring websites? Well, check out thenewsportsguru.com for all the hottest training videos and all the biggest sports news. Become a VIP for only $4.99 and get premium access to everything the Sports Guru has to offer. The beautiful Gurus Girls, all my biggest sports picks, and much more. So get off that porn site and check out thenewsportsguru.com. Hey, Toad Hop listeners, this is Freddie Lockhart and Candace Thompson with What's Good, starring Freddie Lockhart and Candace Thompson. And we are a show that knows a little bit about a lot. We talk about hip hop, we talk about other people who can't help themselves, and we talk about all sorts of things, music, TV, gossip, you name it, we do it. Be sure to check out our show live every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the ToadHopNetwork.com. And if you miss it, go back and watch it on ToadHopNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. Don't be a jerk. Do it. While you're there, leave a comment and rate the show. It's very important, Candace. They have to leave a comment and rate the show. You know why? Why? Otherwise, we'll be on the bottom. And we'd like to be on the top, don't we? I know I do. Yeah, girl. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching. And, and now. Back to the Lexington Steel Live Show. T. Ward, Lexington Steel Live Show. Give us a quick call if need be at 323-622-8623. Toad. Hop. Network. Radio Worth. Watch it. That's right. Now, what's going on with this? You know what? Maisha, you are the founder of the Glory Grace nonprofit organization, um, before we go any further, I want you to really tell us a little bit about that um, so we make sure that people know that there are services out there that they may be, um, they may avail themselves to. Okay. We have not yet opened the doors to Glory Grace, but Glory Grace is a nonprofit organization. And my goal for Glory Grace is to be a center to where any and everybody could come and get their needs met, whatever that may be. I came up with the name Glory Grace. Glory is named after my mother, which is, her name is Gloria. And um, I feel that she was the glue that kept our family unit together. I grew up in a family of addiction and just sitting as a child, looking back at everything that happened, um, I used all all the life experiences, resiliency, um, to help me to achieve my goals. And um, so I want to kind of incorporate, um, it be like a drop-in center. Everybody can come in, whatever the needs so may be, be of that individual. So you would be able to counsel people like as a family, as a group? As a family, as an individual, mm -hmm. I want to do a lot of substance abuse um, counseling, um, a lot of counseling dealing with trauma, and how to overcome trauma so that they can move forward and have, like Anthony said, a fulfilled life. Where did you originally grow up? Excuse me? Where are you originally from? Are you from here? I originally, I originally grew up in Pasadena, California. And um, I know I have kind of like a little accent, but I'm from here, Pasadena, <laughs> oh, yeah. California. Well, well, you know, along the lines of... Um, of resilience and these are things that are words that lend us to um, bouncing back and, and, and moving forward one thing's resilience you know you don't bounce down you bounce up you bounce back you bounce forward um, you know 
as 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 a foundation of counseling. Um, speaking of that, Anthony, you are not only a, a public speaker, one that is hired to speak in front of corporations mm-hmm. and such, but you're also a life coach, life counselor. Um, you know, are there ways that either of you um, use your mechanisms of action um, to really send people in a direction where they may not have thought it possible? Whereas if you're in your mid to late 40s or early 50s and you've undergone a long career and you want to make that transition, well, what would you, how would either of you, um, what types of, of, of directions would you would you send a person in if they want to make a positive change late, not late in their life, but certainly enough after having a, a, a flourishing career of 20 or plus years? You know, that's a very good question, Lex. And it's one of the, the topics that I just had with my 13-year-old daughter who is uh, who just graduated from junior high. She, so she'll be 13 when she goes to high school. Lord, help me, please. <laughs> okay. But what I was sharing with her is that as we progress through life, Many times our goals or our passions may change. So what I wanted to do when I was 20, I don't want to do now that I'm almost 40. You follow me? So even though I may have had a a, a very prolific career as a mortgage banker and as a real estate investor and all that kind of stuff, I I knew that there was still another desire or another goal that I had within me. And so when, when I counsel or coach clients that may have been in, in, in various careers for 10, 15, 20 years, and they want to make a new change, well, there's a lot of fear, as what Maisha was referring to before, or this cogn- cognitive distortion. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is that, and what I talk about in my book, Life Intentional, is that fear is inverted faith. What it means is that you believe more in what you don't want to happen to you versus what you want to happen for you. So, for instance, if we were all standing out here at Hollywood Boulevard and we were looking across the street, well, we would be standing there at the corner. We would push the button and we could look to our left and we'll see that the oncoming traffic is coming. They have the green light. We have the red light. So what we do is we analyze, well, we could run out there and take the risk without having the right of way to cross the street, giving us or granting us permission to cross when it's our turn, and we risk being hit. Would you agree? No, I'm just tripping that I hear a little Muslim, my brother. See, when you walk to the place where the light is. Well, that too. (laughs) But now now, that leads me to my next question, Anthony. How does one who may not have a religious base or or was not raised in a family Good. of you know re- religious people or Bible spirituality? Right. spirituality because what we're doing, how, do, how does that person find their base to create you know the right foundation for him himself himself to, to achieve the goals question. that he needs? One of the things that we talk about when I coach my 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 clients or when they're reading my book is my four point life improvement plan which deals with first identifying what this fear may be. And what we're talking about is not dealing with religion when I say faith. What I'm talking about is having the courage to act on whatever it is that you may desire. And one of the ways that we deal with that is first learning what is the difference between motivation and inspiration. So if we go back to the, the, the example that I was giving, if we're standing at the corner of Hollywood Boulevard, 
we're going to wait for the signal that gives us the right of way. Or in other words, what we're looking for is the right way to accomplish our dreams and our goals. And the reason why people are afraid or have fear is because they haven't learned the right way. We don't have the right of way. So a lot of times people are jumping out there or they're running across the street with the oncoming traffic, risking being hit because they haven't waited for the right of way. You know what? Uh, not to cut you off, but we are going to take a phone call to see if there's sure. out there. We could certainly help some people out there. Hello, hello. This is Lex Seal on Lex Seal Show Live. Speak to us. Hello, caller. Okay, seemingly we have missed that that call, but... Um, I would like to uh, interject uh, religion coming from the Greek word religio, which means to keep apart and to hold down. That's yep. Lexington Steel, Eastern Michigan University. <laughs> religio. Kudos. Which is, you know. So, it does. It separates Right, it separates. Keep apart, keep down. So, But when we're dealing with, like I said, as a, from a spiritual right, perspective. about pulling away the layers. We're bringing everybody together. We're, we're talking about a universal ideology that everyone could subscribe to. Right. So when we're dealing with fear, that's universal. That has nothing to do with religion because it is saying I believe more in what I don't want to happen to me versus what I want to happen for me. But so when I learn the tools and the strategies necessary to accomplish my dreams and my goals, then I no longer fear it. If I know what the outcome is going to be, you tell me, hey, Anthony, this is what I needed to do to be a successful comedian. But doesn't that take away from the whole process, the whole journey, if you know what the outcome is going to be? No, it it doesn't. Because the process still, you still have to have the courage to act on the knowledge that you receive. What I was telling my son who, who will be 17 in September, is that knowledge is not power. It's the use of knowledge that's power. So if you never step out there or you don't have the courage to step out on your faith or this knowledge that you received on how to accomplish a particular dream and a goal, it's futile. We're wasting our time. I don't even I don't even coach people like that. If you can't tell me what your compelling reasons for why you want to accomplish a particular dream. Now, I'll help you identify your compelling reasons. And that's what we talk about in my book, Life Intentional. But if you say that you're not going to do it, then I can't give you that. Now, okay. what wait, if wait, person- you know, Tom, so, um, we're going to get this call coming in? We want to make sure that we have the the input from the callers coming in. Hello, caller. This is Lex and T. Ward on Lex Deal Live. Talk to us. Hello, caller. You are live. Okay. Unfortunately, you have to to turn your radios down, callers, because I can hear us in the background of that last call. So make sure that your computer or whatever is turned down where you can actually hear what we're saying when you come in. Sorry for the interruption, T. Ward. So, Tiri, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, no, call, I, but you I, I smoke entirely too much marijuana. I have no idea what I was even talking about. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? No, so you know what? Then I'll take you from here. That. One of the things I want to get back to is earlier, Melissa said that um, one of the, you know, part of the premise of your counseling has to do with the economics and also the sexual relationships or sexuality within a family or marriage construct. Well, <clears throat> I mean. What? How do you feel about the the men and or the women in these particular relationships? Um, and this is on a total tangent um, that cry sexual addiction. I know me and T. War spoke about that last week in some ways. Mm-hmm. Sexual addiction is this a is this a myth or is there a a, a, a tangible 
um, sexual addiction as they put out. I mean, we've Eric Benet cried sexual addiction in his relationship with Halle Berry. We've seen Tiger Woods in his relationship um, with his former wife. Tell us a little bit about how sexuality has many different dynamics, and some, of course, may be fallacies at best. Well, sexual addiction, there is such thing as sexual addiction, and um, it is, we have a guide that we go by when we diagnosing, and there's a lot of controversy, as a matter of fact, with the new DSM-5 that has come out, because it focus, focuses more on sexuality. For those who don't know what a DSM is. And a DSM-5 is... It's like our Bible. It's it's what we refer to when we're trying to help individuals. Um, it's a tool that we use to identify whatever the problem may be that that person may okay. be experiencing. But sex has been around for a long time. And I didn't know until taking some of these sexuality courses how long it's been around from ancient times. So the things that I, we, would, I would figure that it's probably been around since we've been here because we wouldn't <laughs> be here if before, they weren't fucking. Way but, before. But now, but, now can, tell us some uh-huh. of the factors that may go into one being sexually addicted. Do, could you tell us any specifics? It's, it's almost an un, unmet need. And you have individuals that have a really low self-esteem that that's the only sense of fulfillment that they get is through sex. It just depends on the individual well, now, that's is coming it, is, in to see, you know, Is it almost, in. not to go, but is it almost a crying wolf, if you will, where men are saying, you know, they, they may get caught operating outside their relationship, and then they, they, they throw themselves on the mercy of the court saying that I'm a sexual addict. What I'm saying is do we find that, that maybe not necessarily men in particular, but sexual addiction, is it something that people fall back on to kind of uh, get away with improprieties? Is it like an excuse that people use? Yes. I don't think so. I think depending on what happened in your earlier childhood can determine, um, you know, your, your sexual desire and your makeup. Um, you have a lot of people that have been sexually abused. And so that can impact significantly their sexuality um, and the things that they engage in. I think we all are curious um, individuals, but I think society has made a lot of things taboo. Well, sexual addiction, is that, you know, is that a need for variant types of sex or is that a need for excessive amounts of sex? These two are distinguishable. Well, they say it's nothing is, it just depends on how you identify excessive. And if that, if having sex 20 times a day Damn, is Ward. not impacting 20 anything, times a day. then it's not excessive. You, 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 right you, you, right so now, Lex is reflecting. He, no, no, no. Well, he's you reflecting know what? right now. It, it, having sex 20 he was, times a, he was over there. I have sex with my hand. Yeah, well, having sex 20 times a day, if you leave it up to T. Ward, leaving it up to T. Ward, you would have to eat a tremendous amount of watermelon to be able to have sex 20 times a day. Open up the capillaries. The conflict comes when both parties is not in agreement. Mm-hmm. That's where the conflict comes. When one wants it and the other doesn't. And then that's when the label of excessive comes in. At. But that's going to be excessive based upon the person that doesn't want it. Exactly. You know, I also write about my issues that I had with, if you want to call it a sexual addiction. 
And what I learned through my experiences and through uh, coaching individuals that think that they are uh, addicted to sex is that for me, at least, it was not necessarily that I was addicted to the sex. I was addicted to the accolades. I like the attention. Mm -hmm. So the more attention that I got from different women, oh, this, oh, that, woo, 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 mm -hmm. it, it, I didn't really care about the 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 physical act i was more into making sure that i got the same response so what i needed to, what i then had to learn was how can i channel that energy into something more constructive something more positive because when i look back over the carnage that's exactly what was i was doing i was leaving a lot of carnage i was breaking people's heart i did not recognize that there was a soul tie or that there was some type of spiritual connection you know, associated with every time that I was having sex and that I was negatively impacted my own life. And so when I realized that, okay, what I'm looking for is attention, whether it's because of low self-esteem or an egotistical point of view, how can I make this or receive the same positive energy by doing something constructive. Now, can those same things be said about drug addiction and drug addiction as well? Anything because, could be an addiction. Right. I mean, because the thing you just said. everything could be an addiction. It can almost sound like somebody being on drugs. It could be. You know, and again, what we're dealing with is identifying what, what she was saying. Mm -hmm. What then is the need? What's the need? Or what are you trying to like, yeah, what escape are you trying from? To, what are you trying to feel? Yeah. What are you trying to fulfill? Right. Uh, and, and that goes back to taking an, an an individual back to the early stages. So are you able to identify in most cases what the person is trying to fulfill or it's just kind of a hit or, hit or miss or you just diagnose no. a general problem? No. Um, of course, I have to, to get the history and it's, it's just clear and plain. You know, if there was no attachment, if you didn't get the attachment as a child, the hugs, right. the love and stuff like that, you're going to continue to seek it. Right. And no matter how much an individual continues to give this to you, it still is not going to be enough. And that's where it becomes excessive. Right. So you could just tell them, oh, the reason why you like this because somebody stuck a finger in your booty when you was well, down. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. We got to go back. <laughs> what, what, when she's saying about going back to whatever brought about this addiction, we're dealing with the six basic human needs uh -huh. that we talked about earlier. The certainty, the uncertainty, the significance, the love, connection, uh, the charity. Trust, the mistrust. You know, these are, these are, this is what every single human being on the planet needs. And addictions come when you can attach three of these uh, 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 basic Real needs six. to one. Okay. So if you got two or three, primarily three, then it's going to become an addiction. For instance, for me, if I when when I was in love with this whole sex escapades that I had, well, for one, I like because of my personality, I like a lot of variety. So that gave me the uncertainty factor. It was something new. It was something different. I don't know how she may react to me, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that was exciting. And then at the same time, because I was very egotistical and I was very arrogant, I knew for certain, you give me a few minutes, I'm going to identify what your, what your sexual lack may be. I don't give a darn if you've been with Lexington Steel. Once you get with that, 
It's on it. It's on the pop. Now, first I was hearing some Muslim. Now I'm hearing some pimp. Because he's like, guys, I'm trying to tell you. It's exactly. a vision. That, that's what you get in my book. You have to have vision. You're going to get the pimp. You're going to get it all in the book. That's why, that's why you couldn't put it down. comedian. That's why you couldn't put it down. You've had time for life. One of the reasons why I asked you about time even be, I, I brought up sexual addiction is because many people from, from my industry in particular um, may suffer from elements of sexual addiction. Sure. And that's why I just simply brought that up earlier. That's very good. But if you learn how to channel whatever you feel that you're getting from this sex into what well, there's a book out, uh, I think it grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And he in there, he has a chapter uh, that teaches about sex transmutation. And what he's saying is, is, is teaching you how to channel this sexual energy that you have and using it for something more constructive. Mm-hmm. Not that sex is not constructive and that it cannot be fun and entertaining. You can do all those things. But when you start using people for sexual entertainment and there are people that are that are being hurt from it, that's where the problem comes in. Like she was exactly. saying, if you're with if you're with one woman and she's not she don't want it all the time, but you do, now you got the conflict. And the conflict is with self. It's not what the end. Well, the well, you know, is is indeed sex a uh, a power exchange? I mean, you know, and, and is that a necessary thing? Probably, certainly, maybe within a relationship, but outside of a relationship, there may not necessarily be an exchange of power and or spirituality or emotion. So then, one is just having sex for sex' sake. Now, is that does that quantify as an addiction if you're just having sex for sex' sake? I don't know if it would necessarily be quantified as an addiction when you're dealing with it from a power structure, you know, and then that, that's what I was doing, you know, it's like, Hey, if I can get her to react a certain way, then I got, like he was saying, I, you're pimping the, you're pimping the game. You can get her to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So at this particular point, it has nothing to do with sex. Now you, you, you are, you're operating under a deviant mindset. Right. If you can make it go, you know, you know, you got it. Like I made it. I well, made it. Right. I, 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 that's a funny I made sound. It I, I was one would hope that they don't hear their girl make a sound like that. That's always my goal. I'm running this. She make a sound like that. You sound like a damn You know, you know, you hit the spot when she go. Uh, you I might mean, be hitting the wrong spot, too. Yeah. <laughs> Son, I mean, I hit a lot of spots, but you I don't know. Go, <laughs> you good. You good. You know Because she's going to be shocked, too. She didn't know she was going to go. <laughs> All right. Now, look, before we get out of here tonight, this has been a wonderful hour of, of very weighted discussion. Uh, Maisha, before we get out of here, where can people, can we look forward to the establishment of, of the foundation? Um, where can people find out more information in regards to that? Um. Well, like I said, I'm in the developmental stage mm-hmm. of it, and so I will keep you updated. Certainly. On um, where Glory Grace will be going. But currently, um, if anyone wants to find me for counseling, I am at Kepper Life Institute, which is in Los Angeles. Now, do you, you, do you work with surrogates? You were saying something about sexual therapy. Is there any surrogates involved in it, in, in your, your line of... Uh, Sexual therapy. That's something we were supposed to ask at the top of the show. You totally dropped the ball on that. No, I haven't ran across any surrogates. Okay. So, I mean, are there surrogates involved in your program? Or any any division of what you're doing? Are there surrogates? No. Okay. Okay, well, you know what? I I have to rectify a certain statement. (laughs) I never dropped the ball, T-Ward. 
First of all, I carry bigger balls than you can possibly. Hey, man, um, that is your business. You can possibly. I don't even watch your videos. I have no idea what your balls look ball. like. I didn't drop the ball. If I see your balls, ball. the director is doing a terrible job okay. of filming no, if I can see your balls. No, 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 no. I swear. I don't, I don't drop yeah. a goddamn ball. Now, now, tell, now Anthony, yeah. where can people um, find you online? Where can people seek out your, your accounts? Where can people buy your book primarily? You can find my book at www.lifeintentional.net. You can also Google my full name, Anthony Lamar Smith. All of my information, Facebook page, Twitter. Uh, it's also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all of your social media outlets. You can purchase the book. But more information about my blogs and various articles that I write is at www.lifeintentional.net. Net. And make sure you put Anthony Lamar Smith because yes. there was a uh, Los Angeles Raider defensive yep. lineman, yep. Anthony Smith, yeah. who uh, he's been killing people. Yeah, man. And so, so you want to make sure, you, make sure you put Anthony Lamar Smith. <laughs> Anthony Lamar he, Smith. Uh, the other dude comes up, you know. Hey, or or type in little, the title of the book, Life Intentional, Living in Fullness Every Day. That's fantastic. We want I, I definitely recommend the book. Um, you know, I, I, could, I attest, having read it myself, it's something that is a life changer. And T. Ward, are you going to be showcasing anywhere this weekend coming up here in Los Angeles? No, I was just uh, working on a film right now with Ice-T, just doing some uh, production work, you know, telling the extras to shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> always, and you have to say, shut the fuck up. Okay. They'll Literally. tell you, they say, hey, tell those extras to shut the fuck up. If you go, shut up, they'll say, you fired. What you fired me for? You didn't say, shut the fuck up. So uh, you got to be mean to the extras, and that's what I do. And it's fun. All right, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming out and joining us tonight on the Lexington Steel Live Show with Lex Steel and, of course, my main man, T. Ward. And, of course, you can read C. Ward at, on Tweet at, at what? Bad Tweet T. Ward. Bad Tweet T. Bad Ward. Tweet T. And you can, I'm on Facebook at Thomas Ward. And you can check out my YouTube videos at The T. Ward. That's, you know what? That's The T. Ward right the there. The T. Ward. And I this is The Lex Steel at Lex Steel 11. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Lexington Steel Live Show. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for joining us on the Lexington Steel Live Show. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday night and follow us on Twitter at LexSteelLive. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.